Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents, Health and Wealth Edition. I'm your host this week, Troy Garcia, and we are talking uh, more health, wealth, and travels, and uh, mental health again. Uh, we had such a great show uh, and had an awesome guest on our last couple uh, episodes. We we decided to do our third? It is our third. It's our third With episode? With our favorite travel guru. Our tra- travel uh Mental health travel guru. <laughs> yes, is who who's here with us. So Kurt Elmhorst, thank you for being here, sir. Hey Troy and Robin, glad to be here. This is going to be fun. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics of all time. We are we are going to cover. We're going to give you a little uh, insider uh, tour right here in the next forty five minutes of the national parks here in the U S. There's 63 national parks. We've kind of summarized them in a few different categories. Uh, uh, Kurt, with a ton of experience and knowledge on these parks, we wanted to kind of bring a few ideas to to you, uh, us being in Florida, some kind of closer places to go see. Um, and then we're going to reach out and go to go look at some farther places uh, across the country and, and in Alaska and, and so forth. But um, yeah, let's just let's just jump right in. So. So really, we wanted to start off with something close, right? We're in Florida. Um, there's not, um, you know, national parks. We got one. Well, we got a few here, but really we all know Everglades National Park is here in Florida, and we're going to jump into that. But um, east of the Mississippi, Kurt. Yeah, for us close here in Florida, hey, there's there's some stuff. We don't always have to yeah. think about going going we, all the way out the west. And the, the inspiration here is to spend time with family, to develop your relationships with your family, to do something healthy, to be out in God's uh, great outdoors, and and to, uh, I don't want to be melodramatic about it, but to kind of heal our mind and our, yeah. in our no, soul and absolutely. exercise exercise our body. We have a lot of pressure in our jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the people listening to this podcast, you know, do too. And yep. we need to just regenerate yeah. ourselves sometimes. And so uh, I'll give you two choices. Is the best way to do that to uh, sit at a pool and dr- drink sippy, you know, yeah. uh, co- uh, umbrella drinks for yeah. seven days? Or is it to go out where there's just no cell phone reception and it's something gorgeous that that God made for us to no cell phone reception yeah. no light no light pollution you know no fresh air right all those yeah. things so um Troy you're you're kind of aware and and Robin I don't really live much of a big life like if if people did an examination of this there uh, it's not that exciting of an existence so but <laughs> But it leaves me a lot of time to read and listen to podcasts yeah. and, and, and do stuff like that. And so uh, a hobby of mine is just to learn about the national parks. I've been to many, and we're, we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and to read about them and kind of plan future adventures to these, to these parks. But, but so busy with, with work and kids yeah. and family, you know, you just can't, you know. Yeah. You know, there's there's responsibility. And, and just so you know, Robin, so my philosophy in this planning with my family in the future is I say, hey, we want to go on a trip. Oh, we want to do an adventure. And then I just go knock on Kurt's door and yeah. say, Kurt, what should I do? I'll <laughs> exactly. pitch you three ideas. And, and he'll give, he, it's guaranteed. <laughs> Top three. Seriously. Yeah, he he will give you three thing. great ideas of, right. of getting away and, and, and especially catering to the ages of our children, right? Because all that depends on what you want to do. Yeah, and age appropriate, you know, is real, real important. So. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of stuff. So I'd encourage your listeners, 
um, to search up something called National Parks Traveler. And the editor there is a man named Kurt Repenshack. Mm-hmm. So he does podcasts and content. Um, so uh, I geek out on on this stuff, and a lot of the information comes from there. Okay, Troy, you yeah. wanted to talk about stuff close to us. That's right. So we have Great Smoky Mountains National Park. That's the most visited in the U.S. with 14.1 million. The real reason is is because a lot of people are just kind of driving by. Now, are people oh, yeah okay fair are enough. people spending a lot of time in that park and getting you know a depth of experience? Yeah, you know no. But for us in Florida, we need to consider. Hey, we can drive there. We could probably Get hit that it. on the way to somewhere or or on the way back. And and one of the ways of doing that is that I did as a much younger age was by train. I actually do remember riding through the Smoky Mountains on a train, you know, and it was with my grandmother. I think my grandmother really was passionate about taking me, but I do remember the Smoky Mount, Mountain train wow. ride. Wow. That, That's what pretty a cool. great yeah. memory. Yeah. That's she cool. she really wanted to take us, and we, were, we loved uh, it. That brings up something from my memory, Cades Cove. Uh, you, can, you can drive around there and see lots of wildlife. Uh, we also have, of course, the Everglades, yep. you know, right here. Uh, we can hit that kind of on the way to Miami yeah. or on, on the way back. What you don't want to do is go during the summer, because we, we know why. <laughs> and also, do you know they have mosquito warnings in, in Everglades? No. And you can check that before you go, because you don't want to get carried mm-hmm. away by those things, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we literally, <laughs> we were there. We rented an RV. We drove down there. We spent a day. Yep. And it was like... In the winter or spring break, or too many mosquitoes. We left. We went to the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say you know you go down there, you get with the guide, go see the alligators, do an airboat ride. Yeah, and right. That's pretty much. And the that's end of it, kind right? of that's it, the right? Everglades. Don't get eaten by a python or something right. like that, right? Because those are. We have we have the dry tortugas, so that's seventy miles off of Key West. Um, there's seven islands there. I've not been there, but you know, you can only get there by, by two ways, yep, Troy, yep, right? Yep. Flying or uh, seaplane or by boat. Right. And, and it's, and it's a, it's a pretty significant boat ride just from Key West. I right. believe it's two hours boat ride out to this. And it, uh, I've seen pictures. My family went, I wasn't able to go, but it's a, it's basically a, Mil- a military fortress of mm-hmm. some sort, right? That was protecting the coaster to see any, you know, any ships coming in. But it's all super historical. The water out there is absolutely crystal, crystal clear. It's supposed to be amazing, um, but seem, I think it would be a fun fun trip. I got a chance to go a year ago to Shenandoah National Park, and I really didn't know anything about it. But, but my Ken buddy is like, uh, my buddy Ken was like, there's such an iconic hike that I've been on before. And he said, I, I want to take you on this. So it's of Old Rag. It's called Old Rag. And there's these massive boulders that you have to scramble around and through and on top of and under. Uh, and there's about a 2,500-foot elevation gain. It's a very, you know, it's pretty difficult day hike, you know, with with a lot of elevation gain. And it's probably about 9 or 10 miles kind of round trip. Wow. Okay. And it's just gorgeous. So, and just for our listeners, so Shenandoah is in Virginia. Virginia. Right. And so that's obviously a little bit closer. One of the keys there that I read up on was Skyline Drive. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of classic drive through the mountains. If it's fall, the leaves are changing. It's right? stunning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's stunning. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I have friends who've gone yeah. and I've seen the pictures. It really is stunning. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So, so obviously seeing the fall colors, getting some hiking in, um, you know, I think all that, all that would, is a pretty fun. Right. All right. So that's the close stuff. That's the close stuff. And I think, you know, with all the close stuff, you know, keep, keep in mind, we got Everglades, Smoky Mountains, the train rides. And the thing is, is people don't, all, uh, when they think uh, uh, whitewater rafting, they always think out west, mm-hmm. but you can whitewater raft at the Smoky Mountains too. I saw a few uh, whitewater rafting, things like that. So those are all the close things. Those are, you know, closer to Florida, us here. So you can get in the car, go up to see the Smoky Mountains, go down to the Everglades. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go quite the opposite. We're going to talk about Alaska and all the na- national parks out there and give you some ideas of what you can do then. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents, Health and Wealth Edition. I'm your host, Troy Garcia, Certified Financial Planner with Allen & Company, and we're talking national parks. We just kind of summarized and went through a few of our local, or not local, but close parks that that are a little bit more reachable. If you guys want to hop in the car and take the family and go see some cool things and see some beautiful, beautiful uh, images of God's land. Um, and, and so now we want to kind of go the opposite route, and we're, we're going to talk Alaska. And we've got a, a series. I think Alaska, Alaska, Kirk, correct me if I'm wrong, has the most national parks in the state? That's right. Okay. Eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. Eight national parks. Um, and so, you know, being eight, I, I mean, most people probably go to one or two out of, out of those eight. Are the, are oh, pretty- yeah. Yeah, it's just such an expansive land, Yeah, uh, Alaska is, and the national parks. So there's eight. Uh, Denali is the big boy that yep. we've all heard about. Uh, the feature there is Mount Denali, which has, you know, at 20,310 feet in elevation. So people do die trying to summit <laughs> Denali. So put this into perspective. You know, in Colorado, we have the 14ers, right? Like, have you climbed a 14er, uh, okay. which is 14,000 feet or more? There's many of them in Colorado. Mount Denali, 6,000 feet more than that. So that extreme elevation is very difficult on on the body and causes all types of, you know, bad things that that can happen. I've heard it's also the uh, the most prominent mountain in the world. Also, when you talk about like from base, because Everest is the tallest peak, but it's surrounded by all these other mountains, so it's not as prominent. Whereas Denali goes like basically from almost not sea level, but you know, a little above that to basically twenty thousand feet straight. Wow. Super good point. We were uh, very far away in kind of the base town called Talkeetna. Mm-hmm. It's not close, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it but it's but it's the closest town. And um, golly, if the if the clouds didn't part and we actually saw the peak, which is very rare. Wow. Because of what what you said there, yeah. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. Wow. So then you got Denali, and then you got one of the other ones. Uh, that's the gates of the Arctic, which sounds kind of terrifying, in my personal opinion. It, uh, well, it's above the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Um, Troy, we talked about this. There's no infrastructure. There's no cabins. There's not the ranger station. There's no water for you. There's not the little general store where <laughs> you can get some extra toothpaste. Yeah. No. Uh, and that's why only 10,000 people a year uh, visit gates of the Arctic. Uh, I- I really want to go there just it for sounds the perfect let for me, challenge. You. Yeah. Let me and let me go ahead and uh, you know address our listeners on that one. That may not be the best family trip, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or anything like that because you literally have nothing. 
No, but that's a Kurt Elmhorst adventure <laughs> yeah. if I'd oh, ever sure. seen one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like, you must do that. Uh, I, would, I would like to. But, you know, for a fella like me, you know, we'd, we'd have to have guides and time and yeah and, and all that. And so, again, 10,000 people a year visit that national park, and over 4 million people visit the park like of of uh, Yellowstone or Yosemite. Mm-hmm. I mean, massive, massive amounts of people visit the the bigger parks, but ten thousand people a year, which is next to nothing. Um, and then uh, Wrangell Saint Eli- Elias is the largest one, thirteen point two million acres. That's huge. And then my favorite, uh, which I've been to, is Glacier Bay National Park. Um, the glacier in Glacier Bay. There's more than one. But the main one uh, has receded 65 miles since 1794 when it was um, Mr. Vancouver, I think, is the one that, that originally discovered. So can <coughs> I, discovered yeah, it. I just want to s- say this out loud. So it, it was the size, 17 miles, it has, it has gotten smaller by 17 miles. 65 miles, it's receded. 65 miles. And, and I've seen the pictures, um, not in the last few days, but I've seen the comparison pictures. Yeah. It's, it's alarming. But anyway, <laughs> um, I would it's encourage alarming. you know anybody that goes to Alaska to definitely, yeah. definitely go there. While right. it still exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> While it's still around. Okay, well, great. Anything else in, in Alaska we want to touch on there? No, we Troy, ready to move let's, on? Yeah, let's let's talk next about the big boys. Okay, big parks. About about the big boys. Okay, these are the most visited parks in the country. Um, mostly, you know, we're we're talking the Yellowstone, Yosemite, the Grand Canyon, uh, Zion, uh, and you know, we already we already said Glacier. Well, uh, Glacier National Park, which is in Montana, you know, which okay. is which is what we have listed here. So. Got it. Think about it. Yellowstone, 5 million. Yosemite, 3.3 annual visitors. Grand Canyon, 4.5. Zion, 5 million. And then Glacier, you know, 3 million. So these are the, the big boys. There's a few more than that, you know, Grand Tetons or whatever. But it seems like at the same time of the year, we all rush to the same mm-hmm. national park. And so how can we have this great experience, you know, with our families and kind of rejuvenate our mind, body, and soul if we're in a line mm-hmm. and, and we're in a traffic jam? That's not the experience that, that we signed up for right. when we were at our house and we said, let's go to a national park. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, these national parks are suffering from over-tourism if we kind of go to the beginning of of COVID, um, we all said, well, we have to go outdoors. And when we think about the outdoors, we say, let's go to a national, national park. park. And when right? we think about going to a national park, we say, well, we have to go to Yellowstone. Yeah, right. All of us at the same time <laughs> uh, in in the summer. Um, and they're really, really suffering uh, because of that. Another thing that's happening uh, in, in all of the national parks is new people that have never been exposed to the national parks and the leave no trace principles mm-hmm. have come to the national parks mm-hmm. and these are still good people yeah but they've they not had the, the opportunity yet to learn about that and be educated about it and have those experiences and and do the reading 
to make sure that they follow these leave no trace principles. Yeah, and so talking about those, you know, you, you want to be, be considerate of what you're doing, where you're traveling, what you're taking with you, and truthfully, what you're leaving behind, right? I mean, you, you kind of are, you're out there, you're in the national park, you are in charge of your own health and safety, so if you take snacks and things like that, or you're out there, I mean, I think we've all seen the funny YouTube videos of the people getting too close to the bison, right? Everybody's kind of seen those, John. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. where the bison go, freaks out, goes crazy. You don't do that. It's just common no. sense, right? <laughs> so that that's one of those things that you don't do. Don't get too close to the animals. Enjoy them from afar. Take a picture. Move on. Um, and then if you're out there camping, obviously, um, you know, take with you uh, uh, what or you know? Pick up your stuff. Yeah. Don't leave <laughs> your nature valley your yeah. Up, yeah, and so so really, that's a that's is it more of a uh, Kurt? Is it more of a kind of an epide- epidemic that people are, are not being considerate? They just don't know. They're they're uneducated yes. at this point. All, all of that. Yeah. All of that, and we just need more education there, and people, you know, just need more more experience. Um, we don't want to trample off trail. You know, a lot of this stuff, especially in the desert areas, you know, are very sensitive. Yeah. All waste we want to pack out, you know, with us. Um, We don't want to build cairns. So you know what these are. These are these um, triangular things of rocks piled up on each other, and they're for wayfinding. Oh. Okay. And so when um, a year and a half ago, when, when I was in a, a blizzard on the top of Mount, um, yep. uh, help, help me out here, um, in New Hampshire. What mountain was he on, Robin? And <laughs> so, <laughs> Tell him what mountain this, he was on. So this is not a joke. If not for the cairns, we would have died. If not for the cairns, we would have died. They were for wayfinding. Wow. So what, what people like the National Parks Traveler are trying to educate new people uh, is that don't build these unnecessarily just because you think it's fun. Got it. Because you're disturbing the natural environment, and we don't want to yeah. see that. We yeah. want to see how God left it. And then you think of all the, um, you know, the uh, Indian remains, right? And you get out there and you see the... Oh, the, oh that's a whole oh, different oh. deal. Yeah. So I'm just going to interject one quick thing. I grew up in the Midwest. I was a campfire girl from about that tall. And I, those are some of the values sure. and things that you're taught through camping, through scouting programs. As a young person, you learn that. So we went to the Black Hills. We did all those mm. things. And we were to stay on the paths and do all of the things we're talking about. Kind of ingrained. I yeah. don't mm-hmm. think it's yeah. a generational thing. Maybe it's a I, – well, I don't know. It's really kind of sad, though. Robin, that reminds me, um, this is not what we're here to talk about today, but I'm going to Greenland next week, okay? And one of the things, there's there's two pages from the guides about how we can respect the, the, the native Inuit people mm. and how we can respect um, their privacy and don't do these things. And, and it's a lot of things I've never even thought about. Hmm. And there, there's been out in the West, Robin, there's been just some terrible stories of people who think they're creating art on the rocks and, mm, you know, just mm. desecration. Please do not. Yeah. 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 OK, well, we're going to jump in a little bit more and talk about uh, a few more of the big uh, the big parks. Um, but we will be we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
And welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents, Health and Wealth Edition. I'm your host this week, Troy Garcia. Uh, we're talking national parks. We're talking, um, you know, I- ideas on getting away, where to go, and maybe not, you know, not sticking to the big parks that everybody thinks about when you think of national parks. We want to give you some other ideas and some other things to think about and consider when you're going. Because just like we said earlier, you know, everybody, when we hit COVID, everyone was thinking, okay, yeah, let's uh, let's take a family vacation. Let's get outside. Let's get some fresh air. And then... Uh, like you said, everybody right. wants to go, right? And so, you know, I think I think a piece of advice that you had mentioned uh, uh, before is, you know, yeah, maybe you don't go in the summer. You know, maybe there's some other other ideas or other times to go. You know, yet yes, the kids might be in school. Yes, you know, you, that's the only free time technically you have. But um, if you want to have a great experience, there's probably other other better options yes angels landing in zion national park is an iconic bucket list hike i mean it's just something that if you're into that kind of thing you just have to do during your lifetime kim and i did that on january 7th cool and so there's no one there there there's there's no one in zion and it and you know have you seen the pictures of the lines uh, headed up the last part to Angel's Landing. And by the way, you know people die on on their way up there because there, there's a steep drop-off. Got it. So when we're on our way there, there's a sign that says, you know, stop here if because, and then it had a number, eight people, but then they had that crossed, crossed out, out and, and it was nine. nine, and then they had that crossed oh, out, gosh. T- ten people. And and so so anyway... We need to think about going to these national parks when everyone else is not going there. It might be a little cooler. Yeah. That might be a good thing. So what is the time when you really, everyone is going, what's the time when it's just inhospitable to go? Okay, those other two seasons, that's shoulder season. That's when we should be going to these places because we can have good enough weather and we won't have to be around everyone. So let's talk about a hidden gem, Yeah, you guys. So a hidden gem is somewhere, if we're not going to go to the big boys, yep. w- w- what's an alternative of somewhere we could go that is amazing? I'm going to make the case that you should go to, you're not going to believe I'm going to say this, God. Death Valley National Park. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what? That sounds like... Uh, mm-hmm. They have a marketing problem. Yes, I they mean, do. the first word is death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they should change the name to Mars. That's what it looks like. Really? So really? we've all seen Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars, you know, was filmed at Death Valley National Park. What are some characteristics? It is the hottest place in North America. It's reached temperatures of 130 Wow. It has oh. the lowest elevation, minus 282 feet below sea level at Badwater Basin. I've been there. Have the picture. Okay. It's the driest place. I mean, it basically doesn't rain. Let's talk about why it doesn't rain. Why doesn't it rain, Kurt? Okay. Because Mount Whitney is 85 miles to the west. There's that whole Sierra Nevada mountain range. Yep. Okay. Uh, coming from the Pacific, right? Here it comes, all this humidity. Yeah. It's captured yeah. by all that mountain range. By the time the wind gets over the Sierra Nevadas, yeah, there's there's no Nothing more there, there's no more rain left away. Huh. Uh, left left there. So it's extremely dry. What are some of the things that are inside uh, the largest national park in the lower forty eight? Salt flats, 
sand dunes, mountains, springs, what? Uh, playas, canyons, Joshua tree forests. Oh, that's a big thing for you. Yeah. If you have, if you have not seen a Joshua tree, um, right. Kurt says, get, Gotta do get it. going, make right. it happen. And this, this, a lot of people will love this. This is a, a designated dark sky area. Um, so if you're into the stars mm-hmm. and, and looking at all Astrology. that stuff, many people make this trip, especially um, just for that. To Death Valley. Now, Robin, when should you not go to Death Valley National Park? I would guess in the heat of the summer. I mean, how does it make any sense? I, I mean, to go I, there when I, it's 130 degrees. When you're in Florida and it's 100 and whatever, why would you go to Death Valley? Get out of town. Go to, on vacation to Death Valley. So you have no cell reception and 130 right. degrees. <laughs> Wait a and, second. You know, regrettably, here in the last six weeks, you know, there's been uh, one or two deaths, uh, you know, in in Death Valley, you know. Uh, because of exactly that. We went the week of Thanksgiving. We were on our way to California um, to have uh, Thanksgiving with some mm-hmm. of Kim's family. And so that's how we worked that in. In the morning, uh, we would have on pants, a t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, and a hoodie layer. Yep. Two hours later, off comes the hoodie layer. An hour later, off comes, okay, and you get down a t-shirt in the middle of the day. And then all of a sudden, the sun sets at 420. In Death Valley. Yeah. And so at, oh. at three o'clock you're having to put another layer. At three thirty you're having. Now it's cold again. Wow. You know that's got to be just because an it's on the other, the sun's going down on the other side of the mountain and, range. And it is starting to get cold. And you know it gets cold as you know yeah. in the desert at at nighttime. And that's something where we need to be prepared. Yeah. Does it make sense to have extra clothes in the car when you're in such a remote area? How about a couple extra gallons of water? Could yeah. that yeah. maybe be probably, a good idea? Probably a good plan. So, um, go, so go to Death Valley in the winter, if you're listening. I'm yes. Seriously, like you have built a pretty compelling case so far to make that trip. Uh, and I'll, and the big selling point for me, obviously, all the cool stuff you mentioned, but mostly the sky. To be able to see well, that sky at night. Robin, I'm going to put the final nail in the coffin oh, for go. you. Okay, thank for you. For you. In 19... 19- 27, the Pacific Coast Borax Company. So there's mining that took place there. Borax was one of those things. At the oasis, and there's a river that runs under Death Valley National Park. They built the inn at Death Valley. Okay, it's in the side of a mountain at an oasis. There's a pool. It's fabulous. Since I've been there, a couple of years ago, they did a $150 million reservation, uh, excuse me, renovation and it's just fantastic cool and so there's a great place to stay there uh when you when you go so uh what do you all think do you want to go yeah i'm kind of sold seriously i thought i wanted to go to alaska until i heard about death valley (laughs) seriously Uh, one one thing we need to be careful of there and this happened just recently is flash floods Uh, if there's any rain the, the playa just cannot absorb Support it, it. Right. And, and there will be flash floods. Roads uh, got washed out just here recently, and people got stuck wow. there for an, for an extra night or two. 
And just for our listeners, just to, to really think about this. So obviously we're, we're talking on the radio. We don't have any visuals. But if you just take a second and look up a couple pictures of any of these places, you will be blown away. And then you actually pick, picture yourself being in those places, which, you know, I, I've, I've stood on the edge of the Grand Canyon and seen it. And there's not a single picture that I have that, that can actually encompass the beauty, the amazement of it. The, so The experience, we, we, the we, feeling. The, the feeling and the... the um, you know, the humbleness uh, that you feel standing over that and seeing how massive the earth is. So, so just, you know, just when you, when you hear the, us talking about these things, there's nothing, the reason we are so passionate about it and, and think it's so good for your mental health uh, is because when you are, when you are visualizing and in, in, in the presence of these spaces, it's, 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 um, it's all, you, you become awestruck in a sense. I, I love it, <clears throat> Troy, what you're saying and one of those places at Death Valley National Park is called Racetrack Playa. So it's a, a playa, and there are sailing stones there. So first of all, uh, you know, this is in Nevada and California, so it's kind of difficult to get to the border of the park. Mm-hmm. It's the largest park in the lower 48, so it's kind of hard to cover a lot of territory in there. To get to Racetrack Playa, you have to rent a Jeep, you have to drive a mile on a paved road, and then you have to drive, excuse me, an hour. Then you have to drive another hour on a rock path, Mm -hmm. okay, through a Joshua Tree forest, and then you arrive at Racetrack Playa. Are there a lot of people there? No, Kurt. (laughs) Right? No, no. (laughs) And so you can go out and look at how the boulders have moved on the playa. Oh, this is, yeah. Leaving scars, not, not in one direction. Not, yeah. Not, not in one direction. So I'm going to challenge people that are listening look, yeah. to please look up the sailing stones at Racetrack Playa and read about or watch the video of how that happens. Scientists just figured this out in the last 20 years. Wow! Of how how, how this phenomenon happens. So, have you, are you are you familiar with what he's talking I'm about? Not, so it's a it's I've seen the pictures of it, but it's this giant landscape. It's all flat, and these giant boulders are sitting in the middle of it. But there are clear, long winding paths of how these boulders move, and they're not round. Like they're not perfectly round. So, but they they somehow move along through and they leave this path all through the land and it's it's crazy but it's a thing some of them some of them weigh five pounds some of them are bigger than troy yeah how do they do it is it aliens <laughs> uh, it's not aliens actually scientists <laughs> figured it out so we um we made it all the way there and we had a packed lunch and we went you know a half a mile out there and we sat there Troy, and we had lunch, and we had one of those moments that you were just describing where a picture just cannot, just cannot. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, yeah, that. I mean, you guys here at Kurt's been to these places. He has the experience. <clears throat> we're always, um, you know, looking for ideas and, and you know, um, always enjoy all the great information you have for us. Kurt, we're going to take our last break, and, um, and we'll be back with just a little bit more info for you. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents, Health and Wealth Edition. I'm your host, Troy Garcia, with Allen & Company. We are talking national parks. We've talked Alaska. We've talked the big 
five. We've talked uh, some smaller places, we, and we've talked uh, primarily in a big sales uh, pitch from Kurt is Death Valley. <laughs> and so we are, uh, we're both very intrigued about Death Valley. Um, and then we've got a few more to cover. Um, hopefully you guys have been entertained so far and got some great ideas and thinking about your next trip or your next uh, chance to get out, care for yourself, get, get uh, some time in with your family, and enjoy um, this beautiful world we've been, we've been given. But um, moving on, uh, one, other, uh, couple pla- one other place or two that we've, we've talked about are what they call the Mighty Five. And Kurt said, if you do anything after we talk about this, Go watch a video on the Mighty Five. It takes a couple minutes, but it's a great three, four-minute video on on um, you know YouTube, and it, it kind of walks you through each of the parks and what's there and what things you can do. And there's everything from beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scenery to amazing rock formations to rivers to um, obviously Arches National Park. The archway is there, but there's so, so much. Um, and I guess what would you say, Kurt? The the most uh, visited one there was is Zion. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, Zion, you know, it's it's really a canyon. Yeah. You know, Zion is a is a canyon, oh. and um, you know, uh, we talked about earlier the angels landing. You know, it's just so iconic, and I really do think that you know, kind of that Instagram moment, you know, has driven a lot of you know the over tourism to um, to a lot of these parks, and Zion is is one that has suffered uh, by that, but. Utah is my favorite state outside of the state of Florida. So many different topographies uh, that are available there. You know, you can you can ski in that Park City area yeah. on the Wasatch Mountain Range. Um, you know, so we have the mountains. But then when you you know work your way down south, we're really in the high desert there, uh, and you have this just dry arid you know in the rock formations are just amazing amazing the the state of utah has done an amazing job with their marketing campaign which they call the mighty five and five national parks there and that's that's how they they market that so question for you troy what was your impression when you saw that video Oh, I thought it was beautiful. I was ready to go. I mean, honestly, I really was ready to pack up and go. And then I, you know, and then you look at the the map of Utah. I'm like, well, can't hit all five in one trip, but you could kind of map it out to see one or two. I I love what you said there. So many people, you know, here in Florida, we we think to ourselves, well, if I'm going to go all the way to Utah, I want to see them all. I'm going to see all of them. That's right. I'm going to see all of them. So this is a this is an argument in our in our travels between breadth and depth. Sure. Right. Breadth and depth. So do we want to do a quick road trip of the Mighty Five, which is a, a valid thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Which is a visit to the Mighty Five. There versus... you go. There you go. Yeah. So are are we going to, you know, be there for a half a day? Get the Instagram, you know, yep. picture, which is the most important thing, sure. right? Of right, course, right, you know, right, yeah. that everyone knows that you know we were, yep. we were there, um, you know, or or are we gonna, you know, take some time and really get some some depth, uh, in and enjoy it. Uh, both of their those are good. Sure, both, both of those are experiences. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, is there is there? I mean, seeing what you've seen. With the Mighty Five, I mean, would you recommend one over the other? Do you think there's a lot to, too much to cover if, in one if trip? You, in other words, if you wanted breadth, which two mm. would you take? Well, uh, 
I've been to three of the Mighty Five. I've not been to, to all five. So I've been to Zion, Canyonlands, and Arches. I've not been to Bryce, Bryce. Canyon or, or Capitol Reef. Um, you know, Zion is actually not that big. Oh. Uh, we did spend a good three full days there, maybe maybe four. Um, but it's not that big. I really felt like we saw a lot of it while we were there. I think I'd make, and you know, Arches is not that big either. Oh. Um, but I think I'd make the case for Canyonlands. Um, it is the largest. Uh, it's uh, actually in three different districts. I can't remember what they are off the off the top of my head. Um, and uh, we went to Canyonlands, uh, you know, when our kids were younger. They were five and ten, and we had just completed a you know multi-day out west um, rafting trip and it was during the summer because that's when there's the volume of snow melt you know that so the that, rivers mm, yeah that comes down the, the the green river uh to where you can get you know a little a little bit of but rapids. did you i mean okay let's be honest like do you knew like you planned for that you knew that the snow melt and that was a big part of the experience and and seeing that or was that oh just, yeah okay oh yeah so um you know I don't to think about that to, right to plan a, a rafting <laughs> you know and we're talking about you know, these huge ore boats with all your supplies. We've talked God, about this right. before, claim, claiming a beachhead, all, all that. You're going to work with a professional guiding service. They're going to ask you the age of your children, and they're going to put you on that river when it's most appropriate, yeah. you know, for for their age. And it's all about the volume of, of water <laughs> coming down from the snowmelt. So oh. so the right time to do that is in yeah. the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And so here we are, Canyonlands National Park, um, in the summer. Yeah. And it is brutal, and you have to be really careful. There's three sources, uh, three levels of water that you need to do that if, if we're going to kind of be responsible for our own safety. One, how much water can you put in your belly before you leave this car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean— wow. Okay, two, how much can you carry? Three, extra water in the car for when you come back. Oh. I mean, we have to be really, really wow. careful. Wow. Careful. Oh. But um, Arches National Park, you've seen this on, on the Utah um, license plate, license yep. plate. that arch. That's delicate arch. That is, that is the one. That's the one. That's the one you have to hike to. You have to have the picture you know, in, in front of there. And, um, and it, and it's really, really amazing. Awesome. Awesome. So we've gotten all your, all this wonderful, wonderful information. There's only 63 parks, Kurt. I I don't, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't have a little bit more information for us personally, (laughs) but if you had to give us, if you had to give us top five in, in, you know, your kind of favorites, um, just for informational purposes, could you, you know, maybe it's top three. Well, I I think we worked our way in, uh, you know, in there. Um, Arches National Park in Zion is a place that I want to go to in shoulder season, and I want to do multi-day hiking slash camping yeah. uh, in there. You must be self-reliant to do that. That's permitted. Hmm. Um, and um, how, how long on the permits? I mean, is it a, a long wait time? I think during so. Shoulder, I, even during I, shoulder. I I think so probably Robin okay. you know it's it's probably pretty difficult. So okay. so that that's one I I really want to do um 
One I'd encourage uh, all of us over here on the East Coast to go to is Shenandoah National yeah. Park. Yeah, I, I mean, so. and Robin, Robin was was right. Intentionally went there in the very beginning of fall, mm-hmm. and the leaves were starting to turn, mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous. And for miles and miles and miles around there, every farm is just beautiful, and cool. and, and just landscape just perfectly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a uh, awesome, fun show. I didn't. We just sat and g- gained some knowledge and planned our next few vacations. You know, seriously, when you are talking to Kurt and you see his eyes yeah, light up, yeah. when in the last podcast he started talking about national parks, and I said, whoa, that is a whole yep. separate so we deal. So we decided to do so it. So thank you for thank sharing you. that you're, with you're us. You're welcome. You know, so Troy, we're planners by nature, yep. and I just love planning these trips, and I also love spending time with you all so thanks for letting me be a part of this thank you thank you okay guys well that wraps us up for this week i hope you enjoyed it um please check us out on alleninvestments.com you can find myself troy garcia kurt elmhorst on there as well um give the give the website a, a look and um we'll see you guys on the next one thanks The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC.